Welcome back to the Hey Roadie Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hi, guys. And I'm just going to let everyone know that whenever Nick introduces us, I'm always just like geeking out in the corner. because it is just a little bit. So every time. funny. Because it's silent in here. And then Nick's booming voice. Welcome back. <laughs> um, hi, guys. Anyway, um, we have a kind of like the last, right? The last brewery. Uh, I think this is the last one. It's the last one that we've recorded. Yeah. And you know what? We're open to doing more. So if you're a brewery and you want to be on the show, hit us up, man. Sasha at ProvidenceOnline.com. Anyway. <laughs> Sasha, Sasha. Anyway. So today we have Pivotal Brewing Company. We have the owners who are Rebecca and Todd. They were so much fun to talk to. So they are a couple who bought a brewery and they decided to kind of take on this huge, huge, huge project. We kind of discuss it in the show, bigger, I think, than either of them even imagined. It turned out to be amazing, but, you know, there was a lot of obstacles in between with COVID and they were working in like an old, I mean, is that considered a mill building? Yeah, it's an old mill building. Yeah. I mean, uh, renovations are hard in like the- In general. Yeah, and like the most normal of times. Mm-hmm. And they decided to do a major renovation right in the middle of COVID with all of the, you know, shortages on everything and the- difficulty getting people in and yep. just you know think about you do a, a renovation sometimes the hardest part is getting like an inspector in when you're yep. done and you know multiply that by 10 to get <laughs> an inspector in there yeah and the space that they have for there and so let's just say all that obstacle has led them to open this beautiful brewery they talk about the design aesthetic inside the brewery it's so different and art focused and there's a lot of great areas to just chill and relax it's a huge space with big windows it's absolutely gorgeous and from what we can tell it was worth you know the struggle and the obstacles they had to get through and something else that's cool that's now kind of popped up is that it's part of this um nick say it. i don't know how to say it uh, they're calling it like the wood street complex mm-hmm. um and which is in bristol uh it's like kind of another they were i believe one of the first ones to they go were in number there one and um it, essentially redoing the entire kind of mill complex into you know we're kind of familiar with that in rhode island into yeah. like shopping and uh you know businesses mm-hmm. and all that there's a lot of cool stuff going in there yeah one of my fave vegetarian food trucks basil and bunny is opening like a brick and mortar there which i'm so excited excited about i cannot wait to go um and get my little you know food and then go to pivotal and not drink beer <laughs> but enjoy the beautiful aesthetic no but todd and rebecca were so fun to talk to um they have a lot of um drive and they have like so much passion behind their um their they're a company of Pivotal and just like the beers themselves. They brought some beers for us to try. Um, I did not try them because like you all know, I don't like beer, but I took extensive notes when Brian tried them and he really liked them. There was one with like uh, waterfalls and like uh, pomegranates or something. And he said it was really good. Well, that's I don't know good. What it was called. I can't if, remember what it was imagine called. Imagine if we had to just like make make believe, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, that and it was terrible. No, <laughs> no actually, um, I, I have yet to come across, you know, they're all different and they yeah. they have their own their own thing, but I haven't come across one brewery uh, in Rhode Island that I didn't think was good or yeah. at least didn't have at least a few good beers because everybody's going to be hit or miss. You're always rotating through trying new stuff, but uh, we're really lucky, especially for people that love beer. Uh, Rhode Island's turning into a great scene for them. So Yeah, and what was really cool and special about this episode, it was actually our first time recording with two people. 
Yeah. Which was awesome because it was like there was so much good energy and their, you know, their energy between them. And it was it was so it was really fun. And I can't wait to once it's nice out. My excuse is that it's too cold to like go below like Providence. Like I'm just staying where I am. Yeah, I don't do anything in the winter. <laughs> once it's warmer out, I can't wait to head to Bristol. Um, Enjoy. What's it called? Woods Hole. Woods Hole. Is that what it's Wood, called? Wood Street. Wood Street. Sorry. <laughs> Woods Hole. I, I feel like now it should be called that, though. Woods Hole That sounds Street. like a ski resort. It does kind of sound like a <laughs> ski resort. So I can't wait to go down to Woods Hole, a.k.a. known as Wood Street, a.k.a. known as the newest ski resort in Bristol, Rhode Island, <laughs> um, and check out all that's going on down there. It seems like it's going to be a really cool time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about any of those things that go in, especially mm. when they're uh, kind of made up of local businesses and um, new businesses and and it's typically well recently there's a lot of those happening in areas that nothing like that existed before so yeah it's really cool it should be really cool um this is a great conversation and i hope everybody has a beer nearby (laughs) because i'm gonna this is uh, so far the last one for a little bit of our brewery series so you're gonna you have to crack a beer hopefully you went out and you bought one from every brewery that we've done so far and you saved them all and you're gonna crack all of them during this one and just be really drunk okay do you know i'm gonna interrupt really quick sorry guys this is gonna be a longer intro than normal but it was really cool because on twitter someone had posted that they were listening to the chip samson podcast from saison and they were drinking a shades shades on. shades on. Say uh, saison is a kind saison, of saison. Sorry, shades on. Maybe he was drinking the shades on saison. No, oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, he was drinking that beer, which I thought was really cool. Um. So yeah, if you guys do drink the beers and listen to these podcasts, send us pics. I love to see them. Yeah, absolutely. Share share the wealth with us because it's it's nice to you know stumble across uh, listeners enjoying uh, what we do. So hell yeah. Crack a beer, enjoy the podcast and uh you're about to listen to Rebecca and Todd. Have fun guys. Have fun. I'm just going to hit record and we can start with it. Roll it. Okay, are you good? Are you recording? Yeah, oh, you're cool. all set. Um so you do you both live in Patuxent Village? We yes. do, yes. Yeah, do you live together? We yes. do, yes. Okay. Are you, what is, I don't know. So we're partners in life and partners in okay. business. Okay, I never okay. want to assume, you know, I don't know. Um, that's cool. Do you yes. like it? I mean. <laughs> we're not getting I mean, much sleep. It's got yeah. its ups and its downs. Yeah, yeah it's definitely had its ups and its downs. Yeah. It's been, um, it's, I mean, it's been interesting because we just had such a long haul mm. on this renovation and I think it, you know, put a lot of pressure on everything in mm. our life. So, um, so that was just another piece of it mm. and she's been the general contractor on this project i wow. have a full-time day job so oh my goodness yeah i wouldn't wow. recommend that ever <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know um so you guys are um the owners of pivotal brewing company you opened the doors officially last month yeah we actually opened the doors the day before thanksgiving wow so we have been oh, wow. open for a week oh my god only a week oh we have my been god open for a week. my research was wrong because it said like an earlier date so, so i'm sorry about that so we did do a soft opening uh friday evening prior to thanksgiving with oh. our contractors vendors okay. um, complex owners mm. and then saturday we did a, a friends and family so, oh maybe that's what i saw that's uh, cool yeah it was uh very well received i, I think everybody enjoyed uh the space the mm. beer the vibe which is you know really something we've been working working on since 2019 wow yeah and i think you know like we've we said earlier before we started recording we've we've had a few brewers on we've had a few distilleries on like the vibe of your space is like 
almost, I mean, your beer is obviously the most important thing, but like second to beer, it might be the vibe. And just from the pictures that I've seen of Pivotal, the ginormous windows, it's like a very cool, like industrial feeling sort of space. Um, what made you guys decide to like go to Bristol, find this space? What, how did that happen? Yeah, that's a great question. So 2019, rewind the tape. Uh, it's hard <laughs> to believe it's been so long. Uh, well, one of those years between like 2020 was just like the invisible year. 2020 is out. Totally yeah. 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 yeah, you don't even know when that just was. Just scratch it off the yeah. calendars. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I had been between between jobs. I've worked in the tech industry for close to 30 years. A mm. um, lot of uh, jobs working for startups, um, very large companies in marketing, product management, sales, and sort of the day-to-day boardroom more you know mentality um mm. and that's always something that i've been looking to escape yeah. and you know after working for for many bosses and many different facets of the industry um about 10 15 years ago i actually thought about starting a brewery to the point where I actually started putting the pen to paper on a plan um but at the time it wasn't it wasn't good timing i had mm. young children i was traveling all over the world for for my uh, day job. And so 2019, um, I was between jobs and, uh, you know, sort of on the interview treadmill, if you will. And, you know, I'd, I'd always viewed, you know, at some point in my career, wanting to work for myself. Mm. And I ran a painting business in, in college and high school. And uh, it was just at a time of frustration for me and I think for us because I was banging my head against the wall, mm. you know, trying to get that next day job. And, you know, one day Rebecca says to me, Hey, you know, if you could do anything, what would that look like? I said, you know what? What a good question. I'd like to I'd like to start a brewery. And um, you know, ironically, uh Rebecca had been interested in in you can share your background, but she's got a background in experiential marketing and events and she's always been in the back of her mind looking for sort of an interesting, cool space with a cool vibe mm. um, to start an events business. And, and you know, I obviously expressed an interest in starting a, a brewery and uh, the two ideas sort of melded and came together. And mm. we'd been looking for a good nine, eight or nine months up and down um, various areas within Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and came across Bristol. And we had lived in Providence uh, for a bit prior to COVID and spent a lot of time down at Colt State Park with our mm. dog, Moxie, and, oh. um, you know, really enjoyed the area, the town, the vibe. Um, and we came across this this amazing building. Yeah. So we were um, we were actually peeping um, in a boarded up window and, oh, got, and got busted <laughs> by, the, um, by the property manager. And he, you know, was just sort of asking you know, can I help you with something? What do you, we told him we were looking for a space to start a business and he asked what type of business and we told him a brewery and he just pointed to the building next door and was like, that's actually what the, the new um, owner of the complex mm-hmm. or future owner of the complex had Once. in mind for that <gasps> space. So um, we ended up setting up an appointment to go and see it. And mm. the second we walked in, it was like, this magic. Is it. it was, it was perfect. It was, I mean, it was perfect for us because we have sort of the vision to see. Um, it was so grand, mm. but like all the windows were cinder blocked or boarded up. 
the place was covered in water. Like it was, it was oh just God. not, um, it was not in great shape. It wasn't move-in ready. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely not move-in ready. So we, um, so we just saw it as like this really like perfect mm. space for what we were looking to do. So it was, it was just sort of, um, it was sort of a no brainer for us. Mm. And then we, you know, got a letter of intent. Then we got at least several months later, once the building changed ownership and then it was sort of off to the races from there. And the space is like pretty big. Yeah. Looks huge. Yeah. From the it's, pictures. It's actually 8,000 square feet. Uh, the, the ceilings are amazing. They're, uh, 35 to 45 wow. feet. And, you know, if, if you've driven by there, the, the windows are just one of the highlights, particularly when you're inside, just amazing natural light and just very, very cool, unique space and mm. sort of a, a great reuse of an old manufacturing building. And well, obviously already you're doing brewery, but like you said, Rebecca, if you wanted to do events there, clearly you have the space to. Clearly there's Correct. some space yeah, to you like. you put a circus in there. I yeah. Think. Yeah. <laughs> do a trapeze. Yeah. It's got a lot of space and it's got, um, it's just such a. I mean, over the years, I've I've struggled to find really interesting space mm. for my own events, um, for my clients, and it was just um, the second we saw it, it was you knew, it, yeah, because it was like this could be used for so many different things, yeah, from you know corporate events to weddings to mm. photo shoots, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. film, and so um, so it was it was just um, it was just sort of the perfect space, the exposed mm. brick walls, the super high ceilings, <gasps> tons of natural light, yeah, you know, and then we wanted to funk it up. I mean. I come from just outside of New Orleans and, yeah. and things are just funky down mm. there and, and there's just a funky vibe. And so we wanted funky and warm mm. and having a delicious product. And that was sort of what we wanted to create. Check, 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 and, check. And check. I'm very big into uh, the Grateful Dead and fish and jazz and just sort of that other vibe that we're trying to create around art, music and New yeah, Orleans, New Orleans such a such a great part of the country with all of that. Mm. And I wanted I want to know too, like you said, you wanted to like funk it up a little bit. Are you saying like design wise mm. of the space? And when you say that, what do you mean by that? So we have a bunch of um, our our furniture aesthetic is um, is different from most breweries. Mm. We um, we have a bunch of vintage furniture, and um, <gasps> it's so cool. sort of reused, repurposed. Mm. You know, that was our one of our themes for our, um, when we did our business plan and mm -hmm. we, um, so we have all these like vintage couches and just random mismatched like metal mm. and wood tables. We, um, you know, ultimately are going to, you know, tag furniture with graffiti cool. and finish, you know, oh finish God. out our murals. And we have a lot of things that we, um, you know, that we finished to open, mm -hmm. but that we're still tweaking some of the details because it was just sort of Let's get the doors open. Totally. And then we can um, we can kind of go from there and finish out the aesthetic. Yeah, it's got a bit more of like a new age like cafe or like kind of uh, craft cocktail bar vibe to it. But beer. But right. beer. <laughs> beer, yes. And, and the beer will be funky as well. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, well, even like looking. So you guys very nicely brought us beers. And just looking at the cans. I'm obsessed with the design of them. They're so like unique and cool. And you said funky. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that's what those cans are. They're funky. They're like different, fun. Like, you know, the colors are bright. They're still, you know, I, I mean, it's it's very, it's very eye catching. So I feel like if that's the vibe you're going in the space to, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I like to think about it as sort of preserving the really 
cool old manufacturing building aesthetic up top, but mm. injecting funk at the bottom. Mm. I you know, love in, that. At, at, injecting funk at the ground level, if you will, mm. um, with the mismatched furniture. There are plenty of really comfortable couches to come in and pull up a couch and have a beer. We've got art walls. We've got, uh, you know, a call for artists that we uh, reached out, um, you know, to the public a week or so ago, and we've got some great interest. And so we're going to build on this, but it's been really interesting and mm. we've got some great feedback so far. Mm. Are you planning on doing it like a, a performance space too, like having bands in there? And we we yeah. will have bands in there uh, at some point as, as we're getting settled. We... Through our travels, uh, both people coming to the brewery as well as friends uh, that we know, there are a lot of bands around, and mm -hmm. um, you know, there's nothing more than you know for me to get one of my favorite Grateful Dead cover bands <laughs> in there uh, sooner than later. And, and we'll we'll, we'll have that. some other ones too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing all this just to have a Grateful just Dead cover. Grateful all Dead. the other stuff is just secondary to the Grateful it's Dead. It's all cover gravy band. from there. <laughs> That's awesome, and I think too, like a lot of breweries that I've been to. Um, have like a similar aesthetic right like it's a little bit more plain and kind of industrial so i feel like going to a place that's like bright and colorful and couches and cozy i think that that's gonna just that in its own is gonna be a big draw for people to want to try you know pivotal out yeah and i i think when we we sat down and you know 2019 wrote a business plan for it took us a good three months mm -hmm. and um worked with uh quite a few um representatives within Rhode Island small business community like SCORE, for example. But one of the sort of key tenants that we thought about as, as we were headed down this path um, is really about three things. Number one, creating a, a best-in-class experience for our customers that come in and, and visit the space. Um, the second is, of course, creating a best-in-class product. Mm. Um, you know, we've got a great uh, head brewer that... Um, is very talented and sort of channels the the styles that we're interested in in brewing and um, in in you know as well as what consumers are interested in. Um, but in addition to that, we wanted to drive a sense of community and sustainability. And mm. from a community standpoint, um, one of the things that we're close to our heart, um, you know, is giving back to the community. And um, you know, think about the holiday season and food insecurity, which is a very close um, uh, sort of challenge to, to our hearts. Um, you know, we're, for example, uh, putting together a food drive for, uh, we've announced a food drive uh, with our friends over at Six Pack Brewing in Bristol, oh, cool. um, creating up, um, basically come in, drop a, a can of a non-perishable item um, or a box of a non-perishable item. And, and you know, we're going to Give to the local food food banks, mm. uh, you know, at, at the holiday time, and in which is right here. Um, and then the last thing is really all about um, sustainability. So we have farmers that, and a lot of breweries do this. Most breweries do this. Farmers pick up the spent grain after our brew days. Um, we are thinking about doing things uh, in an environmentally conscious, sustainable manner. So. One of our first uh, merchandise glass glasses is is in fact recycled. Oh, cool! Um, and a lot of breweries use what's called Pactex, which are um, the plastic tops on top of um, you know four packs. Mm. We're not packaging with those Pactex. You can bring your Pactex. Mm -hmm. um, you can bring a, a grocery you know, recyclable grocery bag. 
Um, but we want to try to do things for the environment mm. um, and have an impact. That's smart. Have you seen, um, I think it's the same thing, like the pack text, and I, I, don't, I must have been an article or something I had read um, where they take the spent grain and all of that, and then somehow they work on, they compress it. And then they literally turn that spent grain into the Pactex. What? And then it can be recycled and eaten. Like it's edible still for what? like wildlife. That's cool. And I, I haven't really seen it catch on. I don't know if maybe it was just not very cost effective or something. Mm, but right. I, I read about it a couple of years ago and I just never really saw anything because it was more of a in reaction to like, um, you know, like soda cans and all that stuff because there's way more of those out there right. i don't know if maybe it just never caught on there but it's kind of an interesting idea there yeah it's a it's a great point there are some biodegradable packaging solutions mm. um, they are more expensive and they're not necessarily easy to use mm. during the packaging process mm. um, but that's something you know eventually we we might look look into uh, for now you know we're encouraging people to bring their own pack techs and bring their own bags. Um, we also have trays for takeaway as well. Oh, um, but yeah, that's something that uh, people don't are not aware that the actual plastic on the pack text is in fact recyclable. Mm. There are not a lot of processing uh, centers that will uh, or, or are capable of, of recycling the that material. So mm. something to, to be so aware So it's recyclable, but front. not like it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, right. like it's not. Yeah, and it also depends it. on where you live too, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that goes into your recycling bin that never gets recycled. Because depends on where you are and if they have the means to mm. do it. If there's too much coming in, yada yada. Exactly. So mm. you know, sometimes you're better off doing the reuse thing than trying to recycle it because mm. some of it's not actually recyclable anymore. That's exactly right. And, and we'll have we'll start a recycle program for those to where we will reuse. Oh, cool. So it'll just bring your own pack. Tax, we'll yeah. sanitize and we'll just redistribute. That's so smart. And it's smart too, I think, in this, you know, day and age that we find ourselves in, um, to have that like so that consciousness of that. Cause I think for a really long time, no one really thought about that kind of stuff. Like it was just like, oh, whatever. Like everyone's doing it. So I think to have that as part of like one of the pillars that you're basing your business off of, I think is really smart. Cause like in the long run, not only for your business, but for like the environment and for the community, like it's like you said, it's giving back and it's showing that you care to a point where it's not, it's like, you know, a, a long-term sort of care sort of situation. Yeah. Correct. The the environment and climate is, uh, it's an important topic. Mm. Um, and for me, you know, I've I've grown up being a, a weather geek, mm. um, which I still am today and <laughs> almost went to school to, to be a meteorologist. I wanted to be an on-camera meteorologist at, at one point. Um, but climate change is real. And, you know, each and every one of us have an opportunity to make, mm. make a change and, mm. and if we can all do something and do our part as best we can, you know, I think that's going to move the ball on this totally this crisis. And these are all things too, as we, you know, as we're now open and operational, um, you know, getting to that open point, mm. we, um, you know, we're just again dealing with everything that was on fire first. <laughs> and now that we're open and we can start to sort of have some, um, you know brain power to get mm. back and focus to, on other things yeah well to mm. focus on all the things that we had initially built out in our business plan and and to start to focus on um you know how can we sort of improve our process mm. our both our brewing process and our you know taproom experience to make it as environmentally environmentally friendly as possible mm. and and to you know 
as we start to think through like our music plan yeah. and our food truck plan and, and our, you know, like food plan, we, we don't have food in the top room yet. Um, but we, um, you know, we're working on getting all of our vendors in. Mm, like we have food lot, trucks sort we, of thing. Yeah. So we'll have food trucks. It was, it was one of those, like we were sort of pushed out for so long on our yeah. delays that we, um, our priority was to get open, yeah. like open the doors. And then once those doors, we knew for sure that we were going to be able to open the doors. <laughs> yeah. Like They're, they're the literally was... paving the parking lot on Friday evening before a soft <laughs> yeah. opening. And, and <laughs> that was You're like, really, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Come I mean, on. Those, really? But everything was sort of sliding in sideways and making sure our tanks were working mm -hmm. properly and our beer was brewing properly. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was like, okay, we're, going to open in two weeks. And that was sort of how it was. And so it was sort of around the clock yeah. to get that, those doors open. And so, you know, all the food trucks are booked out through December of course, and, yeah. and all, you know, oh, all yeah. of the things that we, all the grand plans that we had for when we opened were just sort of, this is how it has to be. And you um, know what, like you said, like now that the doors are open and you've kind of gone through that whole process, now you can put the energy that you were putting so much on just getting those doors open now you can but in the meantime at least the doors are open so people are coming in and drinking the beer and loving the beer and trying it and coming back and seeing this so it's like it's like this even though i'm sure it's extremely frustrating having to deal with all those things listen we're moving forward right it's and getting the, there well and that was <laughs> it was one of those things too because i do like this is what i do for work mm. and so to have so little control over every single detail of mm. our process and something that should have taken, you know, 40% of our startup mm. um, time and energy ended up taking like 95% wow. of our time just on this renovation and getting, getting these doors open. So, you know, I, I had to let go of a lot of the perfectionist things yeah. and a lot of the, you know, all the details that were important to mm. us when we started this process Yep, and just get the doors open. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, anything... Anybody that's starting a business, um, you know, it's all about attention to detail mm -hmm. and, and, you know, striving towards that. And, and I think at the end of the day, yes, we had lots of delays and challenges mm -hmm. and COVID and windows and <laughs> lots, you know, <laughs> the list goes on. Contractors, <laughs> contractors skating on us literally. Oh no. Um, yeah. It, it, how are your, how are your floors? Did you have to reinforce all the floors for the tanks? So we have a um, 110 year old building and those floors are probably some of the hardest concrete you will ah, ever so have to. Out. Yeah. So our, our floors are, we're ground level and we're concrete and we probably have four to five layers of concrete underneath as oh, wow. we did our trench work. Wow. Um, we were getting into multiple slabs underground. So we had plenty of reinforcement. Yeah, I've known a few people that would be there like opened a brewery or we're moving into a new space. And then that it always comes up. Oh, we love this space. And then they, the inspector comes in and they're like, well, we're going to have to reinforce these floors. If you're going to come in here, there's a load bearing weight. And like, it's the last thing people think of, but it's probably the most expensive. No, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's actually a great point. We looked at a number of spaces that had potential challenges around the weight bearing floors, mm -hmm. you know, in a given space. So, the good news is, I mean, this these floors are pretty much bomb proof. Um, you know, <laughs> that's good. You know, they're, they're probably nine to twelve inches thick in spots, wow. and you know, through the uh, excavation process of doing the trenches and running all the infrastructure in the building, we learned quite a bit of hmm. uh, you know how hard those floors are. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Um, yeah, yeah. You realize how hard, how hard they are when you have to try to break through them. <laughs> I mean, at, at multiple cleanly. levels. At yeah. Each level just got harder and harder. We were, so. There was one Saturday and we were, again, running behind on the schedule and we, we sort of mapped out a project plan and, and Rebecca did a fantastic job, you know, as the general, literally the general contractor on a day to day. And we, we were behind and, you know, the concrete contractor had a jackhammer and we just, he was using his machinery and said, Hey, why don't we grab that jackhammer and help out here? Oh and I've never run a jackhammer in my life. So and she and we never need well. to do it again. No, yeah, it's, really, it's really like the you thing felt that, like you were vibrating yeah. for like a week after. Yeah. yeah oh, there's, yeah. there's just so many things that we had to do during this process that we, don't ever recommend <laughs> that you don't. Yeah. But I'm sure the, the experience getting there, I'm sure like now you're like, that's so funny. I worked a jackhammer. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those <laughs> things too. And I, we don't, I don't have children, but, uh, but like the people who say that, you know, when you give birth, you sort of forget. Yeah. And our hope is that someday we'll You'll forget, just forget yeah. and, about and all, that of that. all of this sort of like stress of getting here yeah. will we, go away and, and it'll just sort of like the next time we want to, it'll just be nirvana. Something. Yeah. <laughs> We'll remember. Yeah, your um, brain's good at remembering pleasure and bad at remembering pain, which is a good thing. We yeah. did. We did plenty of DIY, um, DIY, DIY. <clears throat> excuse me, DIY, do-it-yourself uh, contract work as part of this project. Mm. So <laughs> I ran a painting business in high school and college, and did all the painting uh, along with Rebecca. And you know, we we did a lot of. Uh, we contributed quite a bit to the build out ourselves. <laughs> and we're, and we're not we're not super handy people. So so it was a lot of like I think had our build out taken the amount of time that we had allotted for it, yeah. um, we would have not had to do most, <laughs> most of the of stuff. Thing. But because it was taking so long, we were sort of working in tandem to try and just get these doors open. Yeah. And and so um so it was a lot of things that I never need to do again. Um, <laughs> but you truly, you know, respect general contractors mm. now and the um you respect really good tools. Mm. Yes. Well, oh, yeah. so all of the people who are going to go to Pivotal after hearing this, that blood, sweat, and tears of Rebecca and Todd sitting in this room are in that space. Use it. Love it. Literally, cherish it. Like literally. Blood, <laughs> literally. sweat, and tears. Yes. Um, Tennis I, shots. All of those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to switch gears for a second because I was reading an article about Pivotal. In, I, I, I think that the quote was from Todd. Sorry if I'm mixing it up. But something about hazy IPAs. Hazy IPAs. And I have to, so my husband is a huge beer drinker. I am not, but I like love to know about. I love to like see the cans and I love to go to breweries and I love all that sort of thing. It's so, it's so pretty. Um, but what the heck is a hazy IPA? I don't understand the concept and I need to know. So <laughs> do you know what it is? Vaguely. Yeah. I, just, I, I can't like, I wouldn't be able to explain it. Somebody put it in front of me. I go, oh, that's a hazy IPA. But I don't know exactly what makes it that. Because my, my husband, Ryan, drinks IPAs. And then I feel like recently, or maybe not recently, maybe the last like year or whatever, like a hazy IPA, you could get places. And I'd be like, what is the difference? And he was like, I it's, don't it's know. Hazy. It's, it's East and West Coast, really. <laughs> oh, really? It's two different styles. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, back in the old days, um, and I remember – read a great article uh, about Sierra Nevada, which is one of my favorite uh, sort of founding father mm. breweries of, of the 80s, Ken Grossman. Um, and I remember drinking uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which at the time, uh, and this is in the you know late 80s, early 90s, uh, at the time was one of the hoppiest beers you could buy on the store shelf. And it was a pale ale with 
a really, at the time, big dose of hops, but not what you see today in terms of, you know, a double dry hop, double IPA, uh, hello, my name is Pivotal, for example. But back in the day, um, the West Coast style of IPAs started to evolve. And mm -hmm. it was sort of a clean finish, uh, you know, a cleaner look uh, in, in feel to the beer um, with lots of IBUs, lots of hops, uh, a very uh, very big bite to mm. the to the beer. Um, fast forward to the New England style, which is has been all the rage the last um, probably six to eight years or so, um, and it's a sort of softer, pillowy type of um, flavor profile with a lot of hops mm. and a physically hazy looking uh, sort of um, visible feel to it mm. um and it's uh a lot of these these hazy ipas double ipas have less of a bite and they're smoother um but they you get a more of a rich mouthfeel if you mm. will and there are a lot of consumers that don't necessarily care for the west coast sort of hot bite mm -hmm. but prefer more of a New England style um, hazy beer, which uh, New England hazy IPAs originated. It originated, you know, big surprise in in New England. Um, a lot of Vermont um, Maine brewers, a lot of brewers in Massachusetts, and and now some fantastic uh, breweries in in the state of Rhode Island that um, really do some nice work with with those beers. You know what I think is so funny? I don't know if anyone else thinks this. I might be the only person. It feels like hazy IPA should come from the West Coast. Because they're like a little smoother, they're cool, like hey, you know, like, right? I mean, I know they get yeah, it's here, it's, but like when you first hear the word hazy, I'm like, oh, that's got to be the wet. And then you said, I was like, oh, that's different than what I was expecting. I mean, I when we had um someone else on, they were discussing like the difference between something else, and I accidentally was like, it should come from New England because New Englanders are super bitter. And I was like, oh wait, <laughs> I'm a New Englander, <laughs> never mind. But that's just like the we opposite. Yeah, we can be. No, but this is like the opposite, but it's cool. No, I feel like um. A lot of my friends drink like the hazy one and and because I'm not very knowledgeable in beer, I'm always like, it's pretty color. It is always a cool color. It's like an orangey, like foamy, not foamy, what's the word I'm looking for? Like creamy color. Yeah, I mean it it, it can have the look of and consistency of orange juice, mm. um, you know, and or be a little bit lighter and, mm. and, and very pillowy. But you know, again, in the old days, um a lot of craft breweries made beers based on what's called international bitterness units, which mm. is a, it's a measurement of the hoppiness um, in the hop, the hop bite, if you will, mm -hmm. in a given beer. And that's sort of the inception of, of West Coast IPAs, double IPAs. Um, today, you know, even our head brewer is, he's brewing, you know, even our hazy beers um, with a lower, much, much lower you know, IBU rating. So you, you don't have to achieve that bite to get the flavor you're looking for uh, with the New England style uh, brewing techniques. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool the way the the market has uh, has evolved. And, you know, as we think about what good looks like in terms of our uh, product offering on the beer side, one of the things we, we thought long and hard about, you know, was really trying to create a portfolio of styles and products to cater to a number of different tastes and, and interests. And, and what I mean by that is the hazy, hazy IPA 
style is still one of the most popular styles in the market. And mm. it's actually personally my favorite. I, I like a lot of different styles, but um, you know, and we're going to do quite a bit of those, but we also want to do something that um, maybe, you know, somebody might be more interested in a, a lager or a fruited mm -hmm. beer or a stout. And uh, Rebecca, and, and I'll let you. Speak, I was going to ask what's Rebecca's favorite flavor. I'm, I'm more of the, the I'm a fruity <laughs> kind of gal. Um, so those are typically my, my favorites, but mm. I, I have to say like we, um, I'm, I've never been sort of a, oh, my go-to is the double drive hop mm. double IPA. They're always a little too much for me. Um, ours is actually really good. It's really smooth Ooh. and approachable. And um, so for people who maybe find, you know, IPAs a be, to be a bit much. especially Yeah, especially <laughs> double ones. I mean, because I, like when you are new to the beer scene and you – you know, try a new beer. Mm. I think a double IPA is probably going to be it's a bit aggressive. It's, it's yeah, it's much. gonna it's gonna be like it's not an easy beer. Have, yeah, you no. have to like yeah. work your way up to that. It's like if you have you ever had like a you know everybody likes a lot of people like Guinness. Have you ever had like the Guinness Extra Stout? Yes, it's like rough. If you yeah. if you if you don't know what you're getting into, it's that same kind of thing. It's like oh yeah, no, it's Guinness. I'll like it. And it's like ooh, maybe not. Well, and what we found too is with with our um our first out of the gate sort of double IPA is, is called hello. My name is pivotal. And we um, like, I find it super approachable and, and the feedback that we've gotten was like, wow, this is not, does not taste like, you know, a double IPA. Yeah. It, it's mm -hmm. just tastes really approachable and, of, and interesting and flavorful. <laughs> a lot of doubles, um, double dry hopped, which is a, uh, it's a brewing process where, you know, our, We'll, we'll brew the beer and then dose it with a couple of additional uh, hop varieties. Mm. And, you know, a lot of these double IPAs, IPAs that are traditionally hazy, have a bit of an astringent bite on the back end. Mm. Um, this one came out exceptionally smooth. So it's got a bit of a dank aroma and flavor on the front end. And then you've got a nice mouthfeel and notes of uh, stone fruit a little bit of mango mm. and a really smooth finish. Oh, and it doesn't, cool. doesn't bite you. And mm. that's, that's sort of the thing too, is that we want to make sure like we understand we're going to be dealing with a lot of professional beer drinkers. Mm. And oh, yeah. we also wanted to create an environment to bring new people into the fold. Right. Mm. And, and so we have some of like our other, um, our sip can fruit salad is, is going to be sort of our fruited series, which we will change the fruit out. But currently we have it, um, the pomegranate Ooh. and it's delicious. It's um, and we've gotten so many great compliments on that. And it's one of those things for people who don't drink beer, who are maybe like a seltzer drinker or something. Um, they have really liked that one. Oh, a lot. good. So, yeah, so that's me. So I'm excited to try that. It's actually, it's uh, you know, I, <clears throat> we had our soft opening on uh, the Saturday prior to Thanksgiving and my mom um, who doesn't drink beer, hardly drinks at all tried it and she's like i love this oh, yeah yay. it's super mom oh, test you know it's, like it's mom approved mom approved yeah so it's just approachable and it's one of those it, things that if you're not interested in beer but you come with your friends mm. and you want to go sit in this cool space That's but you me. can't drink anything yeah it's a, like we wanted to just sort of have something because we won't be making seltzer like that's mm. not what we came here to do um so we wanted to have beers that are going to be approachable for mm. people who might want to at least try it. That's really it's, smart. It's a really nice style. To, it's called a wit beer, and it's got a very uh, light touch on the the malt and grain bill uh, with some wheat in there. And 
it's fluffy, a bit pillowy, uh, with a nice dose of pomegranate. Ooh. Yeah, yeah I've never nice. actually, I feel like you hear things like in beers or like fruit beers. I've never heard pomegranate before. So that's like already like, oh my God, that sounds so, I love pomegranate. So, because I feel like I hear a lot of like peach or um, maybe like raspberry or whatever. But mango. Like mango, yeah, yeah. But pomegranate sounds fantastic. It's really good. And our, our next one actually will be. <laughs> antioxidants as well. We'll have a next um, flavor going to the tank next week. So we'll, this will sort of be our recurring series mm. and we'll just keep changing the fruit out of that. So, and then we also have, you know, traditional mm. that we're going to be making because we want to, we want to have a broad range of styles. We don't want to say, you know, there's nothing worse than going to, um, a brewery and everything has lactose in it or mm. everything is, you know, the same IPA made 15 different ways. Yeah. And, yeah and so- I always hated, um, I, I don't mind IPAs. They've never been my favorite. Um, and then there, you go to certain places like, uh, you know, now you can do it in Rhode Island, but like we used to go up to like Portland, Maine or something and we'd be going around to the different places and you go to some and it's like, they have like 10 beers on taps, but nine of them are IPAs. Right. Mm. Right. Like, man, I like everything else more than I like IPAs. Well, that's sort of the, we were starting to get, I think people are sort of getting a little IPA fatigue and Mm. it's still the, you know, top selling. You still need to have them. It's still top selling. Right. And, and it's, and it's one of those things that we love them. We just, I I think when you have X amount of taps, you want to make sure that there's a good enough variety Mm. for everybody. Mm -hmm. And currently we start with three, but we'll build up to 12 ah, or 13. So we, cool. you know, it takes a little time, but we're like, what's the minimum we can open with? Mm-hmm. And yeah, three was, three was it. And we, so we've got, um, we've got five in the tanks. Uh, the third one for our launch, uh, our three launch beers is an extra special bitter, which um, if you think, if you've ever been to London or the UK sitting in a pub on a rainy day, pulling up a chair at the bar, at the local pub, having a bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of sort of bready, biscuity, Ooh. little sweetness on the finish. Traditional English style beer, which is exactly where we wanted to land on. And we've had a great reception because a lot of, uh, not a lot of breweries are, are brewing uh, ESBs. There are actually, I think a couple here in the state, I think um, Long Live is, is currently, uh, currently has one available. Mm up in Providence, but, uh, it's a style that's underserved and it's like know, the most popular style in Australia. Mm-hmm. I have it, a couple of Australian friends and they're all, it's all bitters. Really? All, Interesting. Yeah. I've never even heard of that. That's there's so a, I can't cool. remember what it's called. There's like a really big bitter one, and it's like, you know, they don't, it's not like they're over there drinking fosters, you know, right, right. <laughs> Australian for beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we wanted to sort of launch out of the gate with three styles that are a bit diverse and, you know, like, you asked the question earlier, um, you know, about what are you guys going to be brewing? Uh, we're going to try to do something for for everybody. Mm. And you know, our our head brewer has a lot of experience in barrel aged uh, beers and sours. And um, you know, I like the haze. Rebecca likes the fruited beers. And we've got a really um, fun and interesting roadmap that, that we're, we're putting together. That so. sounds yeah, so really fun. That sounds very fun. And I just want to really quick ask both of you. I'll start with Rebecca, and then Todd, you can answer. Um, neither of you are originally from Rhode Island and I need to know, this is like my thing when I find out that someone's not from here, I need to know like why they came here because then it just makes me like so happy. So you're from the New Orleans area. I am. Rebecca. I, I am. I haven't <clears throat> actually lived in Louisiana in, in probably two decades now, but we, um, but, uh, we had met and were commuting back and forth when mm-hmm. I was living in DC and he was living in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. And so we, um, 
it just got to a point where going back and forth every was other weekend was not <laughs> sustainable. So, yeah. so, um, so we decided to, um, that Providence was a good mm. sort of midway point for us. It was, uh, um, it was a city for me, which I kind of needed. I couldn't really move. Especially living in DC. Yeah, I mean, I DC is like totally walkable. It's very, yeah. you know, user friendly. You can get anywhere pretty easily. I've lived in Boston before and I feel like Boston is a city that is very frustrating. Providence is a perfect city. That's yeah, such a great foodie scene too. I mean, Providence? Some, yeah, Providence. Oh, heck and yeah. We, uh, one of the reasons why we landed on Providence is just such a, an emerging foodie scene. You know, we and love, it's funky. And it's funky. funky. It's exactly. got just a cool, interesting vibe to it. Yeah. And it's, um, it's still got like a great, um, you know, it's got the food scene and it's got the this art scene. It's totally. got sort of this intellectual <clears throat> vibe to it as mm. well with the universities. And, and so, and it's pretty. You know, oh my God, and it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's just a really nice sort of jumping off point for other areas in the state that mm. you can get to, you know, pretty quickly. And Did you ever have any kind of accent? Um, so and you lost it, or no? <laughs> well, so I. Because <laughs> so, I know not all areas down there have like the thick, like it's not like a Creole accent everywhere you go, but like there's some kind of accent to it. So I think. my, it's funny because my when I go home, I get it back pick it back up Um, oh my god that's so funny but my um when my parents visit i'm like when did you get an accent you know (laughs) it it doesn't feel like it when you're there yeah when you're there and everyone else has it you don't hear it Mm. but when they come up here i'm like oh it took me however many years to realize that we actually had accents you you know you you don't have one anymore though like yeah i mean i i moved from louisiana and 2002 mm. um and sort of bounced all around the world so um so it goes fast yeah yeah um, yeah especially th- if you're in all different cultures and different mm-hmm. areas that i'm sure have right. different and i think too when you're around a certain people or you have a new sort of like for lack of a better term like family that you're around living in a different place you kind of pick up on their mannerisms and the way they speak so if you're moving to all different places you're probably taking a little bit from each yeah the only people that don't seem to lose it are like really thick accents especially those from massachusetts the the boston (laughs) revere i'm super glad that he didn't have that accent i don't don't think we would have worked out well he couldn't because he wanted to be a newscaster right and you're not allowed to have an accent i wanted to be a an an on-camera meteorologist meteorologist Um, that is correct. Uh, you can't have an accent. You but can definitely can't have a Boston Ooh, one. My, my mom does. Too. My mom has a very thick one. It's very intense. So, Sound like so, yeah. Mark Wahlberg trying to do the, uh, she, the departed. It's definitely, it's definitely some variation of that. Something but in, about in the female voice. Pizza. Something about pizza. Yeah, pizza. It's a, it's a yeah, you take ours and you add them. Yeah. You take them away from, you know, the. Or, yeah, Rhode Islanders them. drop them. Drop them and then re- Massachusetts. What's the word? Massachusetts. What is that word? What is oh, it? I, I can say it, but I don't know if I can say it. Masshole. <laughs> Masshole. Yeah, Masshole. Right. It's not a swear. Yeah. I've heard. I've heard a lot of people yell that on the road. It's fine. Everyone knows about it. Yeah, you're fine. It. Yeah. No, but I, yeah, Rhode Islanders take the R's, and then people from Massachusetts take some R's and then add some R's, yeah. which is very confusing. Um, Todd, where did you grow up in Mass? So I grew up in a town called Grafton, which is right near Worcester. Okay. The Woo. The Woo. I just went Worcester. to the, the the new Woo Stadium, and it was very nice. Looks really cool. That's a very controversial topic, because anytime I say that, everyone's like, no, yeah, they shot on the left. I'm like, okay, get over it. They left. It was, and, now the, and that stadium is beautiful. For me, it's not even that. It's like uh, I went to a bar just over the line into Mass, and it was the first time I saw like 
the uh, neon like woo socks sign, and I was like, oh. Come it's on. so cute. <laughs> like it's kind of a bummer. The it's paw a socks. smiley face. It's very sweet. And I they went did to the paw socks like for Fourth of July for like the first half of my life. Yeah, too. Like, so it did was every other person who life. lives yeah. in Rhode Island. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but that's why it's a bummer. <laughs> but the new one socket, uh, one socket, uh, Worcester Stadium is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they have some nice beers on tap as well. They do. They have nice beers on tap. And the other thing that is really nice, as someone I don't drink a ton of alcohol, <clears throat> they're own, not owned. I don't know. Their sponsor is Polar, the seltzer brand so when you walk in to like the little market that they have it's literally like walls and walls of different flavor seltzers and it is the best <laughs> it's like i've never been because when you go to like the red sox game it's like i can either have a beer or a water like not very fun but at woo socks i had like eight different flavors of seltzer it That's, was so fun so I, I, I have to ask you this question are you one of those that chases the special release of the polar seltzer. You know what's funny is I'm not. I, I'm one of those people where like if I'm in the supermarket and there's one, because I know they release those ones with like the unicorns on them and like all that stuff. And everyone, I really do like like cute things. Like people know me for like basically being a toddler in my sense of style. Like, oh, the, you like the, to- you the like Hello the uni- Kitty on the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you saw my Hello Kitty. Um, yeah. So when all those came out, everyone's like, oh, you're going to love those. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't, I'm not a chaser. I'm like, I like traditional. I like like a lime. I like like a LaCroix makes a lemoncello flavored seltzer. And that is the best. I'll just take the lemoncello. No. I, I was about to say, I, I could just do lemoncello. <laughs> no, it's, but it actually tastes like lemoncellos in your seltzer water. It's wild. Yeah, I haven't been to the Woo Sox Stadium <laughs> You couldn't even get but, it out. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I heard that they have some good beers on tap, uh, and it kind of reminded me of um, I went out to Portland, Oregon, uh, and they have a uh, soccer stadium like right in the middle of the city, cool. and it's just a really like out there. It's a different vibe in them. Like there, you know, the beer they have on tap is like craft beer, local mm. craft beer, and there's like IPAs and all these different things, and like all the restaurants that are there are like restaurants. Like you're not getting like, I was kind of bummed because sometimes I go to a game, I want like crappy nachos and like a hot, hot dog. dog. But they have <laughs> like legit, a legit good food. Style. Yeah. Like you can go get like sushi and like, it was, it was very, no really way. interesting. No, that's not okay. <laughs> I don't like that. I'm not into that. But yeah, they have a ton of beers and stuff. That's becoming a little more popular in like the, uh, AAA stadiums, I think mm. yeah. Lo- like local beers. Well, which people, cool. which is good. Yeah. There's a, such a, uh, and, and I know it's been happening for a while, but there's this very big beer thing happening where like, you know, for a long time and, you know, some of the other guests we've talked to are, you know, for, for years you could get Bud, Coors, those are the beers you could get. And that's all you had access to. Flavored and water. Li- yeah. Literally flavored yeah, and water. And then like Sierra Nevada came around and Sam Adams. Yeah. And, and it like, started slowly, slowly like built. getting, and now we're in a point where like, so many different cool and exciting and innovative beers in I think restaurants and stadiums and whatever, they have to get behind it because people won't buy a Budweiser anymore. Yeah, well, you know? well, beer people get to be whiskey and wine people now. Yeah. That was yeah, a thing yeah. for a long time with like whiskey and wine. It's the like the flavor notes and the different mm. things and different styles and they come from different areas and you can actually taste the difference if you're a person that drinks them. Mm. Whereas True. it's the same thing as a person outside being like, you don't know the difference. That's like, yeah, of course you do. I think that, that everyone's palate sort of evolving, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and so that was sort of the thing for us is we, you know, I come from a place where 
like sensory is everything, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so whether that's food or visually or mm. or through music or whatever, and and we wanted to sort of create that vibe and also make sure that everything that we do has flavor, mm. you know, because there's just nothing worse than drinking beer with no flavor. With no flavor, and, yeah. And, and I think people are and that includes of, your surroundings while you're drinking exactly, beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, totally. And, well, and that was sort of the thing, too, is we wanted something funky and warm and delicious. And that mm. was sort of how we wanted to create our business. And, and we also are not sort of vanilla people in general. Mm. And so we wanted to have something that we like, where would we want to go? What do you like? You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what right, you, right. I'm going to like it. Then other people are going to like it. Right. And I, it, I like to equate it to, and, and that's a great point. Um, I love to cook. We love to cook. I, I in particular love to cook and I love to cook a lot of different things for other people. Mm. And to me, there's nothing more gratifying than seeing the experience of somebody enjoying your food. When you transfer that into this brewery endeavor, it's a very similar thing. Mm. Um, like during the first week that we were open, there was nothing more gratifying than just saying hello to you know, random uh, people in the brewery that came to visit and just asking them about the experience yeah. and the beer. And uh, and just at one point, you know, Rebecca and I took a step back, just looking at everything happening. You had to it take it in for a su- minute. Super gratifying. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Was, uh, Especially because like we were talking about before, like it took a lot, like with COVID, with having a 110-year-old building, with having window shortages, like all these things happened, right? And I'm sure during every part, you're like, this isn't worth it. This isn't worth mm-hmm. it. And then you get to a point where you're like, oh my God, it was so worth it. And people are enjoying our product and enjoying this thing that we put so much work and effort into. Right. Um, and the fact that you stuck it out and- I mean, it's, I went through a home renovation and like, that was a small thing. The and good part is you hit it like a, a point of no return where you yeah, go, well, I'm true. stuck in this well, now. Yeah, this is happening <laughs> now. That was, that was sort of like in. my summer <laughs> yeah. that we were like, okay, how can we get out of this? You know, yeah. and, but we, we were can. already, we were already so locked in. Cause I think there were many moments had we not had sub, such a substantial personal investment in it, mm. um, that like, what's the exit? Because it was. A it lot. was it's hard and mm. and if you you need to love something a whole lot mm-hmm. to want to do it this to badly to do it. because yeah. it it's hard in general but i think add a pandemic add labor shortages <laughs> oh, add su- supply chain issues add all of the things that you know sort of lined up to make this 10,000 mm. times harder for us to open this business yeah and so that opening day when we saw that crowd come in and they just it was just this steady stream and every person we talked to liked a different type of beer which was awesome awesome. so it wasn't like there was one thing that people were like oh i love this and this was like every person we talked to had a different and by the way i I love this couch or this piece of furniture oh that's awesome um, it it was really uh it was one of those things that you know we we take one step forward and three steps back Mm. literally Mm -hmm. throughout the course of this this project i mean i I kid Rebecca, you know, I, I've had an opportunity to train and run five marathons and this is harder. This yeah. has been a harder, <laughs> this is harder. A harder yeah. project. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even like my hardest work projects were not even close. Like, and, and it was just one of those things like, this is never going to end, you know, like it mm-hmm. was just sort of that thing. But then when you talk to people and they're like, 
oh, it's so cozy in here. Mm. Oh, we love this. This place is so unique. And it's, you know, and, and so that all of that sort of when we got us had like one second to just catch one our, single our second. breath. Yeah, just, just like catch in a few, our breath. In a few sleep out. cycles. Yeah, that we were like, oh my God, that was actually really awesome. Like that was exactly what we wanted mm. the response to be. And you know, you would have hoped it was like a year and a half earlier. But. Well, yeah. I mean, like, like we were shooting for February. That was, oh, wow. yeah. and then it was, you know, Memorial Day and then it was 4th of July and then Labor Day and then suddenly it became Thanksgiving and it was like, we have to, Drinksgiving is the yeah. day of the oh, year right, that you right. don't want to miss. And our team had like five seconds of soft opening mm. to train. And we were just like, okay, I'm really sorry, but we're doing we're, it. We're jumping in the fire and, and, go. and, and, and go. And like, it was, I'm making back end changes to the POS system <laughs> on my computer. Literally yeah. we're while opening we're three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And while we're open, so it was just sort of that thing, but these guys just like our team jumped into the fire with us and they, were just so um, they Fantastic. just got it and mm. and were convinced they could sort of rule the world with all of their different skill sets. <laughs> but but everyone just sort of kept rolling with it and were just amazing. And we, so it worked out. Um, it worked out very well mm. on so many fronts. So mm. we were. This is this is a funny story. So we were about to package uh, our first three beers. Um, we we use. Um, company called Ironheart Canning, which is a, a third-party uh, canning company. They do a fantastic job. Um, so the CO2 system, which is part of the brewing process, part of the packaging process, was not completely finished. And we're literally a couple of days prior to canning, and we needed to effectively uh, carbonate all the beer and get it ready to package. Well, we didn't have CO2. So <laughs> one of the one of the guys we hired, um, I called him at 10 o'clock in the morning and said, hey, his name's Will. Uh, Will, because we know his his parents have a business. And <laughs> yes, as, it re- as, as it relates to the business, are, are... his parents were actually the, the manufacturing company of the windows. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, so, so this is this is a funny story. And we'll, we'll get to the window Poor piece in Will. a second. So, we we'll, 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 we'll get to that one. But so I said, hey, Will. Do you guys have an extra truck we could borrow? We got to go pick up seven large CO2 cylinders down the street. Um, and we need, by the way, we need this ASAP to be in a position to package our beer in a couple of days. So literally we're scrambling to, he and I got in the truck and went to a couple of different places. We had to get regulators. We had to get a bunch of CO2 cylinders to bring this thing home and get the beer packaged. Oh, and so as it turned out, you know, we hired Will. Um, he reached out to us and said, hey, you know, I'm interested in getting you know, some experience in the craft beer industry. I love craft beer. And his Same dad. Same last, like, last name of the company. His, his parents and run the like, company. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's like, give so funny. So, so the first interview, we were giving him a hard time. Say, hey, you know, you know any good companies that have windows <laughs> that are available on time here? And- <laughs> so, so we go get the CO2 and pull up to the complex in in the actual, like, truck with the window company branding on it and so so will's driving todd gets out of the truck and our like the property manager of our complex was like 
Did you uh, just go hijack the, the truck? They're, they're like, oh my God. Is there what, another problem with the windows? Happened, oh no. Right? So, so this poor kid has just gotten, we, we promised him we'd stop. He redeemed himself. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, he, but like, it's going to live on forever now because it's in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were like, we promised we'll stop now. And, and because we just kept teasing him over the windows. And so now he, he's sort of, he just has, has, been such a great asset to our team. Will has come in in a lot of ways. He has. Thanks, Will. Our I entire team, you. actually. We, We've had a, just you know, amazing we, team. We spent a lot of uh, quality time and, and due diligence hiring the right team that, you know, we view as an extension of our brand. Mm. And, you know, we want everybody front and center, front of house to have a passion for our passion around beer and experience. And they have uh, they've jumped through hoops. We put them through them right into the fire, and they've done a fantastic job. <laughs> We're sort of learning job. a lot as we go, and and they've just rolled with the punches and stuff. And so, I mean, I think it was one of those things for us. We've heard so many great comments about our staff Aww, and our, our team, and awesome. that was important for us because we like you get one shot, mm. maybe two, and and if someone loved your beer and someone was rude to them yeah, who, who served them. Like we've had breweries that we won't go back to. And I'm mm. like, I don't even remember what their beer tastes like, but yeah. I remember what that experience was. And and for us, that's sort of a, that's a non-negotiable. Mm. And and when we were interviewing, we had a lot of candidates. Um, we had a, over a hundred. Yeah. And wow. we, were, we had a, we had a lot of, of candidates and we just, for us, it was, it was super important to get that part right mm. because that, is your brand totally you know 100%. like that's your you are a new company and if we're new and we want to make sure that the right message is getting out there mm. and that's that our team is very you know personable and kind yeah. and they know what they're talking about behind the the counter and and that they can sort of sell our product and mm. bring it forward mm. so i think what's cool too about breweries what i've what it feels like anytime you go to a brewery and obviously not everyone is like this but it feels like the brewing community is on this it's huge but i feel like when you're in a brewery it's like on the smaller side so it feels like the employees probably feel like they are they have some ownership in the product they've tried it they've gotten to like talk about it they were there from the inception right it's not like you know working at a restaurant you're like oh the chefs in the back order the food cook the food i just serve it they get to be i mean i would assume because you know, most breweries are on the smaller side, just in like the business model, like they get to be a part of it. They get to hear the discussions. I'm sure they get to hear about like a new flavor you're mm-hmm. going to try. And oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's, that's a big part, I think of, of feeling that community and, and being like connected like that. Yeah. Right? And, and the cool part about our team is we've got a mix of different experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, not all but- hospitality. And that was sort of important to us too, because we're like, I mean, I think there's something to be said for having a diverse team totally period like mm. i across the board so we have four with hospitality experience four with no hospitality experience and they have all sort of jumped in and they have these different strengths that um that pull together That's as a awesome. really cohesive team so mm. that was important to us yeah i mean it, some of them uh, a couple of them have brewery specific experience some have many years of restaurant experience mm. and others are um have Different day Just jobs. Just love beer. And, and different like, day jobs. They all they love, love beer. beer yeah. Right? I mean, it's and a, that was sort of the key, right? Because we got a lot of people who are like, why do you want it? Like, what's your favorite you beer? And they're like, beer. Bud Light. Well, yeah. And I'm like, that's not really, that's not. Um, Did that's, you do any research yeah, before you came I to mean, this yeah. interview? Exactly. So, <laughs> or I just want a bartend because we went, we went to a distillery and we don't drink hard liquor, but we 
we're going for the food. Yeah. And um, the server, we just told him, sorry, we, you know, we don't drink hard liquor, but um, she's like, oh, I don't either. And that to me is not like, that's your brand. Yeah, if that's your brand. If your whole brand is, yeah. is, is that, then we need to at least have, like, if, if, if our team decides, you know what, we don't like this beer. Mm. That's probably not the right team for us. Yeah. Because that's the person who's going to sell it. That'd be like me, someone who doesn't drink beer and knows nothing about it, being like, hey, do you want to drink beer? Do you, you know, I couldn't offer any sort of expertise or, I mean, I, I feel because I'm around people who love beer, I feel like I have a connection to beer, like in a very nice, fun way. And I love the design of it and I love learning about it. But like, at, like the bottom line is, is I don't know what it tastes like. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and how can I, it, how can I interact with someone and say like, oh, you would like this or you should try this. And, and I don't know. Yeah. Right. That was sort and of that's, part of that's sort of the notion of your team, mm. you know, your, your front of house team, they are an extension of your brand. So totally. they need to know the product. Um, and they want to know the product. And that's the easy part is, you know, we've got uh, a lot of sensory testing we do mm -hmm. with, with this team and we let them try some of the new beers that are in the tanks that's before so they're ready. Cool. And yeah, they, they, they really enjoy that. Um, yeah, and like it was part of the reason why we didn't have, like you're, it's 18 to work in a bar or restaurant yeah. in Rhode Island, but we like, part of that is you need to be able to drink the yeah. product, right? Yeah. Or try the product. And we, so we made it 21 mm. and just, that's smart. Um, you know, and we don't have anybody that young, but we, we still have, that was important because you need to sort of know what you're selling. Totally. You know, and, and it's not like food that you can taste. It's something yeah. that, that the number one job requirement is must love beer. Yeah. I mean, even, um, 21 for that, like, yeah, you can drink, but right. like you haven't, you probably haven't been drinking long enough to yeah. be able to, get, to yeah. be able like, give like yeah. real notes on something right. like like oh yeah I I slammed down twelve Keystone Lights at a college party <laughs> right, last right. week but yeah like I couldn't tell you how hoppy it was that's, you know that's yeah. exactly right and our um I I think for on that point we you know it, it's our first interview question yeah our, what's our, your favorite beer what's your favorite that's beer so and, smart. and why and and. And why do you want to work for us? Yeah. You know, because, because, oh, I just love bartending. That's not really what like, we do. Natural yeah. light. And I'm, I need money. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> no, Nick, answers. you cannot work here. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. You need to get out. Bye. This is not, this job they is just not stop talking to me. Like, you need to go. Um, I have one more question. You guys have given us like so much. Yeah, actually, time. Uh, I don't know if you were going to ask this, but I was just curious before we end up finishing up. Yeah. If you want to ask too, but where the name came oh, from. That's that's so weird. Oh, I was like, we we didn't we didn't so round weird. off on it yet. Oh my that, god! And it feels like feels like a good way to kind of that uh, is so because I, I was things. staring at this can. And I'm like, first of all, the can that I'm looking at, the hello, my name is Pivotal. The can is gorgeous. Like the colors are really cool and pop and fun. And I'm like, hello, my name is Pivotal. That's cool. To, geez, Louise, look at well, those I, pomegranates I was looking in that at, waterfall. I was looking at the. Um, because I tend to like kind of scroll through the Instagrams and stuff while we're talking to people in case I like come up with something I haven't before. Looking like, for dirt. To like, looking for dirt, yeah. Here. <laughs> I was looking You'll at the Instagram for sure. Looking at the logo <laughs> and then the name. And I was like, well, the logo looks, I'm assuming it has to do with the building that you're in. Uh, but then the I could take a guess at the name, but it's. What's your guess? Is the I would I would have just said it's like it was a pivotal part of our life or it was like a, that was my, so my close. move. Um so I've always wanted to pivot from my day job. Ah, um, tired we both of, wanted to do that. Tired of, you know, being literally and figurative, figuratively, uh, you know, boardroom, you know. And, Punch and, in the clock. And that's yeah. not me. Um, tired of working for other people and 
you know, I've always had sort of an entrepreneurial type of spirit, you know, to the point where I ran a, uh, a painting business uh, in college and high school. Under, um, underground keg business in high school. Come on. So <laughs> I also ran an under, underground keg business uh, in, in high school. Um, so you were starting early with that entrepreneurial beer. Focus. Oh, he was selling. I he had was way system. earlier. He sold like his, his, you know, Twinkies at second grade, <laughs> you know, for profit. So That's so funny. I like it. So, um, but I've always, you know, we, we sort of came up with this idea, this concept, this vision uh, to eventually be in a position to pivot out of our day jobs. And mm -hmm. um, this was in 2019. Now, the, the term pivot uh, has been widely used in <laughs> COVID circles. COVID, yeah. And yeah, but that's kind of cool, though. Like, it's yeah. it's that it's I just think of that Friends episode. Oh yeah, oh, trying God, to get the yeah. couch up the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, well, my thought was that with the name is that maybe during like the construction and the renovation that you had to keep pivoting like mm. your thoughts or your design. So that's where I was thinking. We but, oddly had to do that, but yeah, that was, but that's not where the yeah, name came from. I think we sort of we we're pretty good at brainstorming. Names How early did you have the name? In 2019. 2019. Oh, right off yeah, the bat. So, yeah, so early early on, we were trying to come up with a name. So it was like, okay, we want to do this, so let's come up with a name. And we mm. can brainstorm names pretty well and concepts and ideas. We just can, once we get in the zone, we're just firing and can usually come up with some really creative stuff. And um, and then he just walked outside and he was like, what about Pivotal? And you're like, oh, shoot. I was like, oh, I think that's it. Because yeah. it was sort of just that moment where it was, it was you know, it was sort of a perfect name for us and where we were at that stage of our lives, but mm. at the time, but then, you know, fast forward, you know, I was gonna seven say months into COVID yeah. and every business in brewery is having to pivot, pivot, pivot. And, and redefine their <laughs> business on the, on the spot. Right. And you guys like foreshadow, like in 2019, you're like, this is our brand. And then like now you're like, oh man, we foreshadowed this whole like this great. whole thing you know, but we, sadly that's we have some couches you can you know, move them around <laughs> the space and no that's so i i love hearing about like how people come up with like names and the stories behind it and that I, it's so funny because i didn't even like obviously pivotal pivot like i understand the, the connection but until we're just talking about it now it didn't even click in my head that like oh shoot like over the last two years, every single business, no matter if they were a billion dollar, a small mom and pop, had to pivot in some way. And in many cases, they're still pivoting. Yeah, yeah. still pivot. Yeah, still trying to, to figure it out. It. Yeah, and that's the same. I mean, even for us, we're you know, as we look at this Omicron variant, and as we've gone through the process of we we've fortunately and unfortunately, our delays have allowed us to watch how other businesses mm. have pivoted. Yeah, and and how they've responded. Um, either quickly or not quickly, yeah. and, and what that did for their business. Mm -hmm. And and so we were able to sort of think through our plan yeah. a lot more thoroughly than we may have thought about it before. Because I think before when you're just focused on opening the doors mm. and you don't have a chance to sort of have a national crisis or international global crisis <laughs> to, um, you know, like thrown at you. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, you know, we had, we found the place that we almost signed a lease on right before COVID outside of Boston. And we would have been locked into something that was just way wow. um, unsustainable for yeah. us. So so it all worked out. Everything happens for a reason. That's exactly right. And that's through the process. It was 
that everything happens for mm. you know like it all started with you peeping in that window and yeah. getting caught I know. You know what? <laughs> like we've been doing that i've been doing that my whole life with yeah. my family we all like we're peepers so <laughs> so we peep in the windows like this is why we- i keep our curtains closed at night because, <laughs> because, because i am a fan of like night stalking and yeah people, oh look at that couch that's you know? cute so it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was actually a a bit of a broader story around divine intervention. And we were meant to have this building and, and we had reached out to the realtor for one of a, one of the other buildings in the complex. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have great pictures. So it was didn't like, have okay. great pictures. So we reached out to that realtor and we were able to have, I think one live conversation mm-hmm. with that person. And then he ghosted us and we didn't hear back. And so we're like, hmm. let's just go, let's just go see. We were down at Colt state park one Sunday with our dog Moxie and uh said hey let's drive by and take a look and as it turned out the complex was changing ownership and that's probably the reason why they didn't get back to us mm. but we uh just happened to be there when the the foreman of of the complex was there and it uh, just all sort of flowed from there it all came you know? into into picture that's crazy focus and then it happened to be like exactly because we we found we found a lot of places that were like, oh, we can make this work. Mm. But do we really want to just make something work? No, you, you want know? it to feel we, right. We wanted it to feel right. Mm. And we wanted it to be like, yes. Like, because mm. we have a thing and we have a thing with sort of everything at this point is it's two yeses or it's a no. Oh, um, so that's smart. It, it's anything in our life and our personal relationship and our business relationship is that it's two yeses or it's a no. And and the second Choosing a to, restaurant to go to must be a nightmare. <laughs> well, usually, usually we're pretty, we're pretty good with, because we both like, the same thing. We like a lot of the same things, things you know. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, but, we, we we have very similar foodie interests for sure. Um, but the other thing, just back to the brand, uh, as you see, as part of the Pivotal Brewing Company brand, you've got that cool picture of the building. Mm. Um, we we worked with a designer on this, and it was a really fun process. But we had a couple of different concepts, but it all sort of came back to the building and the, this amazing building and the amazing experience that we wanted to create. And hence the reason why the building is part of our brand. Mm, right. Mm. And and I think if it's when you're creating a brand, it's a lot easier to do when you have some, you have some connection point to it. Mm. Right. Like you see a lot of brands that have a name and you have no idea why, how they got to that name. Yeah. And there's no, the name and the, logo may have a total disconnect and you mm. can't really figure out what how that all came together um <clears throat> so that was a lot in our mind too is like what is this logo right and 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 this everything sort of sens- centers around this vintage building yeah and, and and creating a life in this vintage building and, and, I, and I, would, I would i would sort of a leave, new life I should yeah <laughs> leave you with this on the brand piece um as a recovering cmo um <laughs> it's been pretty freaking cool to kind of build a brand and, yeah. and build a product offering and build this experience. And we're just so excited to, to take this forward. And, and, you know, we, we want the people of Rhode Island and, you know, surrounding mm. States and, you know, even around the world, come see us to come when, visit. When we travel again. But yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been a really, uh, it's been a long, strange trip as the, <laughs> the Grateful Dead. Um, yes, we're you know, bringing it back. Full circle moments. A lot of full circle moments. On the back of, On the bottom of the the cans, you always um, we always have an opportunity to put an interesting stamp on the bottom of the cans when they're when they're produced. Yeah. And so, sometimes some funny, some fun things, you know, funky stuff. So on just, Pivotal, have... 
on the hello my name is pivotal on the very bottom of the can there's a it's a little uh word called walstib w-a-l-s-t-i-b yeah in, in caps that's a signature of what a long strange trip it's been oh my god that's oh, so cool. cool it's so funny because i was looking at this and i was like what am i supposed to be seeing <laughs> i don't know what i'm supposed to be seeing and then i saw that and i just assumed that it was like you know like a batch number right right so i'm so glad you said that because i would have been like oh yeah i definitely see this like, <laughs> yeah, random no thing idea on your, what you're that, saying no I, if, if you ever buy a four pack and you know many breweries do this they always put some fun interesting tidbits that's on, very cool on the bottom of the easter cans. eggs Easter eggs, exactly. And I just, I, I kind it's of... It's like a, like a Snapple bottle. Yeah, exactly. I kind of shouted this earlier, but I have to say that your, um, the fruit salad beer, there's a waterfall of pomegranates and that is like the coolest thing. Like, I just like love this visual. It's like so fun and interesting. Thank you. And I can't wait to try it. Um, so before we let you guys go, because we've taken a lot of your time and we appreciate it so much, you guys, this has been like so cool and so interesting and it... From the outside, it seems like if you can get through the last year, two years, you can get through anything. Yeah. And uh, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? We don't want to curse ourselves <laughs> yeah, and say yeah, yeah. it could be worse when it will be. Not <laughs> Murphy's Law, right? Right, exactly. We'll knock on wood. And anybody um, who's listening, check out Pivotal. Um, Nick usually does this spiel. Yeah, no, we just uh, we like to give everybody a chance to uh, kind of just let everybody know where to follow you, uh, what your tags are, if they're the same on Instagram or Facebook or your website. I think you're working on your website. We are. Currently. Yeah, our website is um, is almost finished. It um, again, it was one of those things that what's on fire. Well, first. this will probably be. We're pre-recording a lot because of the holidays, so this will mm -hmm. probably be a month in change before it goes up. So by then, you oh, may yeah. already have it yeah, up there. Absolutely. Yeah. So let, let just like put on future brain, being like, <laughs> in a month, this <laughs> is where we're gonna be. So we have a presence on. Um, we have a website, pivotalbrewing.com. Mm -hmm. um, pretty simple, straightforward. And then we've got some social media. We're Pivotal Brewing uh, Company and um, Instagram. on Instagram, mm -hmm. and then um on facebook we are i believe pivotal brewing as well pivotal brewing company cool. I mean, so. are you planning on kind of using uh, things like instagram to keep everybody updated on like when new beers come out and flavors yes. and yes. events and yeah. things like that awesome Perfect. yes and we'll start to um you know again when we plotted everything out we have all had all these grand plans and those are things that we'll start to put into place so mm. we'll have you know we'll start having food options we want to start creating some um you know different types of you know, foodie experiences in the cool. space. We we'll want to um, get some pop-ups going. Yeah, on we'll, yep. we'll get pop-ups. We'll do all. I mean, we just have such a um, such a long list of really fun, interesting things. Mm -hmm. um, and so now that we're the doors are open, and we can catch our breath and and have more than five minutes of sleep at night, <laughs> then we um, you know can start to to build those things. And so after the first of the year, I think once we sort of get through the holidays, mm. we've had a second. We'll do our grand opening, like cool. an actual party. Um, that we're shooting to do for um, for Mardi Gras weekend. Oh, um, very cool. To awesome. sort of bring in some of those Louisiana roots. You like yeah. king cake? I don't think I've ever had it. Perfect. Right, we'll come down and see us. We'll have to come <laughs> down. Yeah, well, so. we're so excited for you guys. It, it feels like this, just like most things, everything we've felt, guests we've talked to, things come full circle. And there's a lot of foreshadowing and there's a lot of a lot of steps to get to the place where you're always supposed to be. And it feels like you guys are in the right place and we're excited to see your trajectory and, and all the exciting things that happen with Pivotal, for Pivotal. And we're like all on board. So we're yeah. so happy. And thank you guys so much for being here. This has been Thanks awesome. Thanks for having us. It's awesome. been a lot yeah, of fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Yay! This has been great. And thanks everybody for listening. Have thanks. a great day. Bye guys. Cheers. Cheers.